coffee and your Bible Good morning. Today is Tuesday, August 30th, year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbitts. All right, good morning, saints of God. We're going to sing a song this morning called All the Heavens. Hallelujah. Good morning, saints of God. I would love to right quick, you guys just join me in prayer. Would you join hands with me in the name of Jesus? We're going to lift up Brother Bill uh, down at Vanderbilt, okay? 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over Bill right now. Lord, we ask you to touch him. We ask you to help him. We ask you to touch his mind, his body, uh, his spirit, Lord, that you'd bring the comforter upon him and that you would help him and comfort him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, Lord, we ask this in your name. Hear our prayers, Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So, yep, uh, we pray and for cooperation, you know, that Bill cooperate with the nurses and what they need to do and and uh, so we lift in him to the Lord. Guys, I know that you know this probably, but the world is going crazy and it's still going crazy. Now this weekend though, we're going to have uh, what we call a Sea Wild Grill Out. We're at Defeated Creek Park at the shelter by the campground. We'll be playing music, uh, enjoying a good time in the Lord. We'll have hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, we will talk about the Lord, have some testimonies and sing some praises to God. So I would love for you to come on out if you can drive on over to Defeated Creek, Tennessee to the campground shelter. Probably about 6 to 9 will be the uh, the time. We'll probably eat at 6 o'clock. And so if you want to get there and eat at that time, that would be good. The world's going crazy, guys. And uh, there is uh, energy shortages in Europe. And a lot of things that people thought wasn't going to happen are now happening. And someone, uh, I listened to a report last night that they're thinking that there may be as many as 70% of restaurants closed down uh, before very long. Uh, so, yeah, I'm talking about in Europe. I know we're not feeling it very much here in America, but I don't know how long it'll be before we feel it. But this war that's happening and, and uh, the elites and their decisions are beginning to, they're not beginning, they've already been affecting the world for a while. We're kind of cushioned because where we are, but uh, it's almost as if, it's almost as if they're making decisions trying to destroy the world economy. I mean, that's how silly the decisions are that they're making, and I'm not trying to spend a long time here, but I'm just telling you, uh, guys, we need to be seeking the Lord and praying. Things are going crazy around the world. They have been for a while. One of the reasons I wrote this book called The Great Preset. And, uh, you know, his way, his church, his mission. Basically, this is just a sermon, you know. I got the picture of old Jerusalem on here to remember that our faith began in old Jerusalem when Jesus uh, founded the church to, for us to remember, you know, not that we don't have church buildings, but let's not be crazy with our church buildings. And uh, let's remember that his way, his church, his mission, uh, there's a way that he does things that uh, we need to remember in case, in case, you know, we can't meet at a building somewhere. We still need to be getting, getting together as the church. Does that make sense? The church needs to gather. They need to be gathering and praying. They need to be seeking God. And basically that's what uh, I wrote that book about is to just try to remind Christians that, hey, 
we're a little different than the way we were founded and we may need to remember we probably at some point are going to have to remember the original way god founded us jesus founded us and so that we can uh be doing his will while he's gone and join together with other christians and look for lost sheep you can find that on amazon if you punch it in and uh if you want to know what it says we're in the book of revelation chapter 5 revelation chapter 5 and we'll be, do just a little bit of a recap uh but you know i want to talk about some things i hadn't already talked about and so first, as we get in here to chapter 5, we remember uh, that this is immediately following, of course, chapter 4 in our Bibles. Uh, but just because it's following don't mean it's the next thing, but, the, but we think that it is the next thing in this vision. And as he begins this vision, let's reset ourselves. It's 95 AD. Emperor is demanding worship around the world, especially of those who are in the Roman Empire or considered to be part of the Roman Empire. He's demanding worship. The Jews are exempt from this mandate of worship because it's an old religion. They've been around for years. And it was understood that the Jews worshipped the one true living God as they saw it. And that was pretty much accepted. So they, they were exempt in this. However, they'd been kicking Christians out of the churches, which began as a, it's a Jewish movement. So out of the synagogues, they've been kicking them out of the synagogues, which has left the Christians vulnerable, a sect that was within Judaism that now has been expelled and left vulnerable to the Roman Empire and now are under extreme persecution again. They've been in, under persecution in the 60s under Nero, and now under Domitian, they're under persecution again. The Lord Jesus is writing a letter to seven churches in Asia, and through these seven churches, through John to the seven churches, and through John to the seven churches, to all of us who believe and follow and listen to the truth. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches after the letters to the churches he's caught up in a vision he's before the throne of god chapter four he describes the throne of god and now we get to chapter five and after describing all these wonderful creatures and what's going on at the throne he now declares to us that he saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne it's all it's as if there's a scroll in the hand of the one on the throne and it's it's open in his hand he's got an open hand to say who can take this scroll a challenge comes from one of the strong angels proclaims with a loud voice gives an invitation to all creation a challenge to all creation who can take the scroll and open it? It's in the open hand of God for someone to take. Who can take it? The challenge comes to all creation. Who can take the scroll? Who can open it? Who can loose the seals thereof? And a search is made. And there's no man in heaven or in earth, verse 3, or under the earth was able that tells us if we were looking for a man 
So it gives a clue. What is the scroll? Well, we're not specifically told. It's not specifically identified. I shared with you, it seems like to me, and it seems like to many commentators, that it's some sort of title deed to the earth. Another wonderful scholar that I admire and have a lot of confidence in, his name is Dr. Craig Keener, believes maybe it is even the book of life. We know that it's written within and without, which means scrolls were only written within, and it was only written on the outside of a scroll if there was not enough room. The fact that it's written within and without tells us that the scroll has much to say. If it also is the book of life, or a title deed that is the book of life, then the seals would say, in other words, this would hold the names of those who have the right to rule on the earth. And the seals, once broken, would bring about the final end-time judgments under the sovereignty of the Lord that would declare once and for all God's righteousness and humanity's rebellion, God's vindication in judging the earth and Jesus' righteous rule, Yeshua's righteous rule. Remembering Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, that when God created the earth, he gave it to man, male and female. He gives it to them and says, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, everything that creeps upon the earth. Earth was given to man. Man fell. Who can open the scroll to redeem it, to buy it back? So it would seem to fit that it serves, this scroll is some type of title deed that determines who gets to rule on the earth. If we think of, in my mind, I think of Daniel chapter 7, where it says, And the time came that the saints should possess the kingdom. Wow! The saints possess the kingdom. But who can give it back? A search is made. No one was found. The challenge, who? Who's going to champion this? Who can do this? And then the question was, who is worthy to take the book. Who is worthy to take the book and who can take the book? Who's strong enough to take the book? Right? And this causes, we talked about this already, but it feels good to go over it again. This causes John to weep much. And the Greek word there, to my understanding, means, I mean, he is sobbing. And we are supposed to feel this with him as we read it. No one can take the book. There's none righteous. There's not even one. But then, one of the elders says, verse 4, Oh, I wept much because no man was, uh, excuse me, verse 5, one of the elders said, you can quit crying, weeping hot. Guess what? The lion of the tribe of Judah. Now I want to turn back. Where does this come from? This is, comes from Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. And I'm going to look at verses 9 and 10. 
8, 9, and 10. This is Jacob when he is prophesying over his children. He says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow, bow down before thee, Judah. Verse 9, I'm in Genesis 49.9. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? Verse 10. The scepter, that's, that's the scepter, that's what a king has, shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, till Shiloh come. And unto him, listen to this, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So John, who's receiving this, and he hears one of the elders say this, don't weep. The lion from the tribe of Judah has prevailed. Hallelujah. He remembers his bar mitzvah. This is from his Torah. It's from the Torah. Amen. The very first book of the Bible, Genesis, the prophecy that a lawgiver, all the lawgivers would come from Judah. Now, brothers and sisters, this is where the word Jew comes from. The word Jew comes from Judah. Makes me think of Jesus and the Samaritan woman, Yeshua, speaking with the woman of Samaria in Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 22. He says unto her, you know not what you worship. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews from Judah. Our king is a Jewish king. He's a Jewish king, the king of the universe, the lion that rules and reigns is from Judah. He's a Jew. Hallelujah. This should, that very knowledge, that very knowledge should cause absolutely every born-again Christian to not have anti-Semitism because it is rising up all over the world and even in churches again. And it needs to stop. How can you love Jesus and hate is his ethnicity. It's just kind of weird to me. Anyway, he, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and a lion is a symbol of many kings because a lion was the king, right? The lion is the king, and so he's the animal king, and so therefore many people would think of a lion because he's strong, but the weird thing is he hears... Don't cry. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. The son of David, the root of David, he's prevailed to open the book. He's worthy to open the book. He can do it. And he turns and he beheld in the midst of the throne. Guess what he sees? A lamb. Well, now this is a paradox, isn't it? The lion 
and the lamb. The lion is the king of the animals. The lamb is the weakest of the animals. Well, the lamb is the weakest of the sheep. And the sheep is the weakest of the animals. The sheep can't defend himself. So it's kind of a paradox, right? The, the lion is the lamb. And the lamb has prevailed. How did the lamb prevail? Because the lamb opened not his mouth and he went as a sheep to the slaughter. And he didn't open his mouth to pay for the sins of humanity and to redeem a people that can rule the earth with him. And here I go getting teared up again. He rules and reigns with his people. Purchased by his blood. Lion, yes. From the tribe of Judah, yes. But first a lamb who humbles himself and carried a cross and whose church, whose bride, whose people also are to carry the cross. He says it over and over and over. Pick up your cross and follow me. We overcome. He overcame by dying. We overcome this world by loving not our lives to death. That's how we overcome. We don't overcome with an AK-47 and an AR-15. We overcome by surrendering and loving and praying and loving not our lives unto death as well. This is how we overcome. Hallelujah. And he came, and it says the Lamb had seven eyes, seven horns, which are the seven spirits of God. It speaks about all powers given to him, all the, the Holy Spirit. He has all of the Holy Spirit, every characteristic of the Holy Spirit. And he came and took the book out of the right hand that him, of him who sat upon the throne. Praise the Lord. And the very fact that he's a Jew, and now we get down to verse 8. Okay, verse 8, he takes the book. Now, the fact that he's a lamb, remember I've said this several times, this is the final exodus. And just like back in Exodus, the blood of the lamb enabled God's chosen people to escape Egypt and come unto him where he would be their God and they would be his people in the same way now in the final exodus, the Lamb of God and the blood that is shed on the from the Lamb of God now purchases God's people from the spiritual Egypt, which means the bondage from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Well, look at verse 9 right quick. Skip down. Every kindred, every tongue, every all and people and nation four things kindred tongue people nation and i think i think even in the book of revelation that is said seven times but the four and twenty elders they fall down before him with the prayers of the saints this says something about the book as well They're, they bow down before the lamb of god having vials, bowls, full of the prayers of the saints. It's they're offering the prayers to the Lamb who's going to now break the seals. That is to say, it is the prayers that are activating the Lord into bringing, beginning, and carrying out judgment. So there's this concept throughout all of the Bible that when 
Iniquity is full when it's filled up. There's times in the Old Testament that like God would judge this nation, but then he, there's other times it says he wouldn't judge this nation because their iniquity was not yet full. It's like there's a filling up, filling up, filling up. Well, the book of Revelation is about the end time, in my opinion, the end time and to where he opens seals and brings forth the situation that is going to fill up now. It's, it's got, it, it's full enough that he begins breaking the seals that will now fill up the rest of the indignation of God against the earth, the tribes, tongues, and nations, so that he then brings judgment and the wrath of God and pours it out. It's an extremely amazing thing here. But prayers matter. Prayers matter. Prayers, prayers matter. And they sing a new song. And then we notice here also in verse 9, it says, you have redeemed us by your blood out of each. So bought by the blood of Christ. Now look at verse 10. You've made us kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. That's the destiny of the believers, the redeemed from every kindred, every tongue, every people, every nation. That's the destiny is reigning on the earth so that again gives validity i think to what the scroll actually is whether it is the title deed or the right of the saints to rule the earth we're not told exactly but it's got to have something to do with that does that make sense then also that he says we shall reign on the earth but this doesn't happen until chapter 20 the reigning on the earth this is one of, just one of, the scriptures that moved me, as I shared with you, from the amillennial view to a premillennial view. And why I couldn't adopt a postmillennial view, but hold to the premillennial view. You say, why? Well, postmillennial means God's going to reign on the earth through the church now. The elders are in heaven. We have seen that they represent the redeemed from every tribe, tongue, and nation, but they're in heaven, and they're saying we shall reign on the earth. So it's future that they're going to reign on the earth, not that we are reigning on the earth. Number two, the same way with amillennialism, for me, and like I said, I, I still listen to good arguments about these things, but it just seems to me we shall reign on the earth means, and remember I, I we talked about this when we went through the letters to the churches. He that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power of the nations and he shall rule them. And when we looked at what does it mean to overcome and keep his works to the end, it means to hold steadfast to the faith, to endure to the end, whether that means till the time he returns or we go to the end of our life holding on to the faith of Jesus, the faith of Yeshua. That's what overcoming means. Loving not our lives unto death. And we studied that out. Okay. So, so we will pick up with verse 11 then tomorrow. Praise the Lord. And uh, shouldn't take us long now to get through the book uh, of chapter 5. If you have questions, not saying I can't answer them, but I would try. So if you have questions, be sure to type them in. Let me know what you think about the things we're talking about as well. I love to read them. 
Now, I won't have time to read them to a little later today, but I will be reading them. And thank you for being here with us this morning. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. We will see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. Lord's Prayer. Oh, Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Love you, saints. Bye.